Hello there, and welcome into another episode of Mile High Hot Takes. I'm your host, Baylor, joined by my co-host, Connor, and today we are talking about the Denver Nuggets. So the Denver Nuggets seem to have kicked their little bit of a scary slump that they started when they locked, not locked up, when they beat Memphis to go up, to go up seven and a half games in the West. To proceed to go on like a four game losing streak against garbage. It was like teams. it was like four games. It was like five or six. It was you it were losing was a lot. Good. You were losing to bad teams and you were losing ugly. Really ugly. Fortunately, that seems to have kicked itself as uh, the, the Nuggets are on a nice little run here, having beaten most recently the 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Um Disappointing. Couple, couple things about those two games. First one, absolutely disappointing. Yeah. I'll let you go ahead and hop in. Sixers didn't play James Harden or Joel Embiid. So if you're like, cool, we get a matchup against the two best teams in the East and see where we line up. Yeah, that didn't happen in that Sixers game. Milwaukee game, a little more so, but they were coming. It was second night of a back-to-back in Denver whatever you want to factor that in but that game felt a little more playoffy the Sixers game was just a big letdown you find out early in the day Joel's not going to play find out closer to tip off that James Harden isn't going to play and all hype and excitement you had for this super intense matchup of one and two MVP candidates two of the best teams in the league I don't, I don't even think people cared about the seeding of these two teams. If if this, no, but if I'm this, saying like this, as, this, as a player, yeah, if this like game, all the reasons to get up yeah, and get excited about if, this game were taken away, if this game, game was between two teams that were locked into their current seeds, the, the hype, the hype around this game would have still been here because of all of the narrative that's been going on this whole year and really the last three years now but really really has gotten spicy and has gotten into some really uncomfortable territory for a lot of people uh in the mvp debate um lots of talking heads saying stuff that doesn't need to be said there's a lot of split a lot of division and you know it's 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 a very it's a very politically driven type of mvp campaign nowadays it's no longer hey this guy deserves the mvp because he's averaging a triple double a game or this guy deserves it because he's putting up 30 points a game and it's oh, just Joel's a dominant averaging like 35 leading yeah. the league in scoring uh, massive rebounds tech, yeah, technicality games. not not what i'm going for here the point is uh that's what we used to talk about and now it's yeah well Embiid should win it because joker can't play defense or Embiid shouldn't win it because of load management games. It's not building up the person you want to win. It is tearing down the person you want to beat. And that's a really toxic and not healthy way to go about an MVP award that is really what we're doing is we're debating between what we see as the two best players in the league this this year and we should be building them both up and seeing which building is taller, not trying to build your building while tearing down theirs. We also... At a certain point, how great they are is how great they are. You gotta to split hairs. You have to look at the things they can't do well. But that's not what they're doing. They are tearing people down. They are not 
pointing making, out Jokic isn't a good defender isn't tearing him down. But that's not what they're not saying. They're no, no, no. Are you talking about the fact they that are he's not, not no. good enough to be a three-time MVP? They are si- no. They are saying it's not Jokic isn't okay. It's not the narrative is not Jokic should be the MVP because Joel um, is saw is 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 watching his game management is game management is not the main reason it is joel is soft joel is is weak he's scared and for joker it's not are you talking specifically with this matchup well that's all it's been for the last three years it's been no, this matchup the actual game that just got played because it's been body it's been body language no, and no, stop, him not stop, being committed. stop stop that was an example of my greater point that was not my whole point listen to what I'm saying, yeah, you're saying stop cutting me soft. off stop cutting me off and listen to what I have to say if you are get, if you are saying at some point you gotta get down to the nitty gritty split hairs and say hey Joker isn't as good at defense that's not what they're saying they're saying Joker is terrible at defense. Joker can't cover anybody. Joker can't do this. It is not Joel Embiid is better at defense. And this is a weaker part of Jokic's. It's not a weak part of his game. It is a weaker part of his game. And same thing with Joel. Look, if he's going through injury and they're trying to make a playoff push, absolutely, he should be worried about load management and making sure that he's healthy and ready to go for when games really matter. But that's not the narrative the narrative is he's soft the narrative is he's weak the narrative is this dude wants to be an mvp but has missed 14 games like yes that's never happened before but also you got to look at how dominant he is on the floor like it's not a discussion of like nitpicking you are not nitpicking and splitting hairs you are taking a wrecking ball to the other person's stance and trying to tear it down completely it is not a healthy like yeah well he could be better here it is he is garbage he is trash and it's like no he's not he's the second in your mind he's the second best player in the league this year for whoever you're rooting or trying to tear down you know it's not a healthy discussion it is blindly throwing shots that aren't even true like look at Kendrick Perkins he said that what something like 90% of the whiters the the voters are white that's not even accurate. It's like 70%. Like people aren't actually having healthy factual based discussions about this. They are angry people behind their keyboards tearing down two of the best players in the league so that their guy wins. That's the point I'm trying to make is it's not a healthy way to go about this discussion. Yeah, it is absolutely not. It is in the statistics. And then it's all about what you value more. But it's all fans talking, and it's not even the actual voters. Well, I was going to say, Kendrick Perkins is an actual voter, and he is the most controversial person in this conversation. Some of the voters speak on it, but a majority of the voters, their criteria has not been spoken, which is part of the problem. But but what do you hear? But what do you hear? Yeah, you, you hear the fans. When Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins, Perkins when Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins, Perkins goes on first take with Stephen A. Smith, arguably the biggest sports talk show in the world right now. Not arguably. Like, ratings, it is. The world. Like, I'm sure there's soccer shows in England that compare to first take. 
Um, but I'm saying it is, but it's up there. It is like globally one of the most successful sports shows of all time. Yeah. And he is on there with a platform inciting this awful, toxic type of discussion. Yeah, he's making things that shouldn't matter. And that is, and that's, and that's the thing, and that's, and that's what we always talk about when it comes to politics, and why I'm specifically tying this to politics. It's never the majority that you hear. It's always the minority that is loud mouth, and that's what's on social media. That's what's in the media. That's what's on your TV what's and radio you? every day. And that exactly, that's what's getting you view. But it's also making it seem like to these people that that's how you do it. Because these people that are having the rational discussions aren't getting good ratings on TV, or if they are, or, or they're just not on TV because they're not having fiery, outlandish, hot takes about everything all the time. And because of that, you're you're cultivating this culture of hate and tearing down other players when the MVP, even if you finish fifth in the voting, it should be celebrated. You season. were you were voted fifth best yeah, there should be of nothing. the of the best in the world. You were voted fifth best of those, and that's not how it is. It's like, oh, what a bum! Yeah, Look at how be, there few. Should be nothing wrong with and like and like what you were saying with Giannis uh, in our. Uh, you were telling me this earlier. How, um, oh, what, who was it? Who who? JJ Redick. Yeah, JJ Redick. JJ Redick, JJ Redick, JJ Redick was was saying. Uh, like we're all talking about Jokic and Embiid, but Giannis is on the way to doing something that, and every time it's been done in the history of NBA, that person has won MVP. But because of this toxic, loud mouth rhetoric coming from the talking heads, it's killing the entire culture of the fan base. And outside of uh, obviously the players don't care like that's a whole nother thing i know that Jokic and Embiid are probably buddies because they're two of the biggest biggest ben big men they probably look up to each other i mean i know Jokic looks up to Embiid. he said it himself he said he's yeah, one of, he's gonna like two inches he's, taller than him he's gonna <laughs> okay Jokic just said in the interview after the Sixers game, like, I was bummed. I mean, I want to play the best, but, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Embiid is going to be remembered as one of the most dominant players to ever play this game. And, like, like I get at the player level it's not the same, but, I mean, who cares at the player level? What is the NBA? Basketball. What is it? No, it's yes, it's basketball. It's but what's 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 the point of the NBA? Entertainment. It's entertainment, and who's the entertainment for? The fans. The fans, and if you are creating a toxic, hostile, and cancerous environment for the people you are creating this product for, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a genuine problem. It's so toxic. It's so toxic. I'm not saying that basketball has ever been the most healthy and productive place to talk about sports, but man, has it gone off the deep end in these last few, especially the last few months, but really over the course of the last few years, man. And I, I, I wonder if that's just like what you were saying, when you have the same two guys for three years in a row going for the same award, at what point do you run out of things to say for your case? You can't, because at again, some point you, everyone acknowledges they're great. And but they're but great. again, at the, just because you run out of good things to say about them, like shit, don't start slandering them. There's no need for that. Uh, to highlight the Giannis thing, the dude has like a 75% 
win percentage and is averaging above 30 and above 10 rebounds. Like those were the numbers that I believe JJ Reddick was Speaking about, of Giannis, can we talk about Uncle Jeff's freaking yam on his face? No, I'd rather talk about Giannis put him in a headlock after a rebound. Okay, it different. Was weird. That game got super chippy. It, it did. Different discussion. I, I just. Which one was better? Gordon's dunk or that one? Because, like, Gordon went from damn near the free throw line. Yeah, but we all know Aaron Gordon's dunking. We don't. We didn't know Jeff but, still had that in him. But seeing Uncle Jeff, old man Jeff, throwing it down on the former back to back MVP. Massive human. Oh, massive oh. human is Giannis. Watching the reaction of the bench when he was going up, you could see their jaws drop once he hit the peak of his jump. Jeff probably doesn't do that very often. No, but it's so cool to see him still pull that out. Like, like you said, nobody thought he still had that in the tank, and that was so cool. But yeah, that game got that game got a little ugly. I just got physical and intense. Like you'd oh, one anticipate thing, a playoff matchup to be, which is beautiful. Got kind of a uh, got kind of sidetracked uh, talking about the bummer that was Harden and Embiid sitting out of that game against the 76ers. I, I've seen a decent amount of people kind of trying to discount that Nuggets win over Milwaukee. First of all, it was a dominant win. First half was a little funky. It was a little weird, but then you crushed in the second. The half. win was dominant. You had Giannis in there. So I'm happy with that. Their big dude was in and playing. A lot of people are saying, well, they were on a back-to-back. Let me hit you with a stat. Coming into that game, in their previous 20 games on the second night of a back-to-back, the Milwaukee Bucks were 19-1. and Which is fair, but you also got to look at, there's probably some circumstances to that 19-1. and The teams they played, that at home versus travel there's little nuances in it 19 and 1 is too big for me not to acknowledge that this t- that it that is not just luck of the draw nuanced whatever that is no, far too long as 19 too long it's not but you can't also look at this team and just be like ah it was a back to back that was a loss and not acknowledge the no, fact that this big. team performs exceptionally well on the second half of a back-to-back. Yeah, the Nuggets beat them. It got really physical. And, and all I'm saying, all I'm saying, all I'm trying to say with that point is, do not discount that win. That was a legitimate, good, good win against the best team, uh, with the team with the best record in the NBA. Yeah, but there's also, you can't just hang your hat just on that. Great win, great performance. You got out to a slow start to be honest, and if Jamal Murray didn't go off to end that first quarter, it might have been a completely different ballgame. So that's another little trend the Nuggets need to work on is not starting slow. I think this is to become a thing. I don't think this is something that's starting to become a thing personally. I think this is a continuation of a perpetual problem of the Nuggets not playing four quarters. It's, it's the same started, thing. It's just where it is exactly, now, yeah. exactly. It started being in the third quarter at the start of the year, but boy, have they flipped the script. Now they come out of in the third quarter, the last month or two, and they they drop. It just seems like they're dropping thirty-five plus every single third quarter now. 
well, and their defense point. has been great. And even in that losing stretch they were in, their third quarters were good, but the rest of their game was not. And like you're saying, when you when you come down to those playoffs, man, you got to be playing all four quarters. Some of these all four quarters let you back in. Well, and it doesn't and matter. You also it, can't do it, it seven. It, times. I was gonna say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're. Di- it's not even like digging yourself into a hole. It doesn't matter what, when you have it, it can be just as detrimental at any point in the game. Because if you take your foot off the gas because you have a 12-point lead with two minutes left, that can disappear if you're not playing basketball. It doesn't matter where you take your foot off the gas. If you do not have your foot on the throttle, especially in the playoffs, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bite you real hard. Limiting the big runs in postseason basketball is huge. Absolutely. you're not obviously going to dominate all four quarters. There's too many good players, too many good teams. That's not going to happen. But you can't take them off. You can't lose a quarter by 20. You can't let them go on a 15-0 run. Those are the little things that you got to get squared up and figured out. And I'm sure they will, but it is becoming really frightening that these slow starts might carry Now, up. I will say against... The Sixers, it. There was a period of taking the foot off the gas, which is why that game was only five points when it came down to it. I think it was one sixteen to one eleven. Let them back. In. Watching that game, I, dude, it was so obvious. They got bored. Yep. No, no Harden, no Embiid. And that's what I was saying. And that's you what you're you saying. Up for exactly, exactly. This great team, great players. You come and out and you rock them for the first three quarters, and you're just like, "All right, I'm done." Yeah, your entire motivation to get up for that game changed an hour before, and then you're just like, "All right, let's get this over with." Really tough. I wanted to see it down the stretch. We'll see if that can get squared away. But if you can lock up that one seed, get everyone their rest before that first round matchup. Magic Ooh, magic number right now. The the Nuggets have seven games left. They need to go four and three. And it does not matter what Memphis does. The first seed is theirs. They have to play one game above 500. And it does not matter what anyone else in the West does. The first seed is theirs. I'd appreciate getting it done early. Letting Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray take the last couple games off. I agree. And then have the play-in week or whatever that ends up being as more rest time that would be the fantastic way to do it so if you take care of business early you'll reap the benefits on the back back end all right so here's a contentious question among nuggets fans that i would like to see your side on uh with kd about to come back but without him, the Suns have been on a massive slide. Because they lost all their depth. I know, I know, but hold on. Now, KD's going to be back for the playoffs. We know that. He's going to be back in a few games. Before the end of the season, he will be back. Uh The Clippers are right there. Who would you want first? Who do I want to play? Do you want to beat the best first, or do you want to play the Clippers and push that off? What do you mean push them, push it off? They'd eliminate each other. That's going to be the 4-5. In theory, we'd only have to match up against one of them. The West right now is Memphis 2, Kings 3, 4-5 is Clippers, Phoenix. 6 is Golden State, 
I think, with the chance to move into five. The Clippers I feel bad for because that Paul George injury kind of just puts a massive damper on their thing. They're not nearly as good as... Obviously, you lose a player like Paul George, you're not going to be as good. But you can kind of kiss your title hopes goodbye as a Clippers fan if Paul George isn't going to play, regardless of playoff P and all that Sacramento's in the three. Yes. Phoenix is in the four. LA is in the five. So as it currently stands with, with okay so with Golden State only half a game behind the Clippers and a game behind Phoenix and them sliding there is a chance <clears throat> that Phoenix slides down to six and, then and the, well, hold on hold on no, no, no. I think I think the I think the the argument here is if Golden State finds a way into the four. I don't want any part of Golden State. No, I'm not asking about Golden State. If Golden State slides its way into the four because they're only a game behind, would you rather in that first round face this as the sixth seed face the Laker or the Clippers or the Suns? Oh, for the for the Warriors, who would I rather play? No. Hold on. I'm looking at this incorrectly how are people what are people arguing about I don't understand for who as nuggets yeah people's people are 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 like who would you rather play in the first round the Clippers or the Suns and it's a huge thing on Twitter right now we're not playing either of them we could play them in the second round which would make sense who would you maybe that's what it is who would you rather play in the second round obviously you'd rather play the clippers right yeah especially with pg out i think the clippers but that, but that makes lower but that makes super sense i i feel like the argument is some way we have to play both which one would you rather play first if the warrior if the warriors swap with one of those teams we would have to play there's a way we play the four five and the warriors that would be a possibility right now the Warriors path would be Sacramento and then the winner of 2-7 because right now we're looking at playing the winner of New Orleans and the Lakers if it stands right no so what's the play-in game if play-in the... game is 7 versus 8 oh. winner gets so... the 7 seed loser has to play the winner of the 9-10 game for the 8 seed So any one of the bottom so, four so are maybe, potential matchups. So maybe, so maybe, so maybe the conversation is people are. I don't know because Minnesota has been winning and they just got what's it? What's Cat. the space? Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's back. I think with them winning and them only a game out of fifth. I think, you know, because it's so tight. It's so tight down there. It's all a game, game and a half between, it's like... really close. Between four and seven, it's a game and a half. Four, five, six, and seven are all a game and a half apart. And I think... I don't know what it is. I have no idea what people are... Or people are arguing about. I, I don't know. I don't know why people think we're going to play 
the Suns and the Lakers. We can play. I know. The Suns I know. And the I know we can, but like they're talking about it as in like one little change in the standings, and all of a sudden that's our fate. Are you talking Suns and Lakers or Suns and Clippers? Oh, Clipper. I'm talking about the Clippers. My bad. Oh. This no. whole time I've been talking about the Clippers, and I think that was the first time I messed up and said Lakers when I but didn't mean to. But that's the only way we can play both, is if you're talking about the Lakers. No, it's not. The, the Clippers and Suns could both fall into the play-in game. Yeah, kind of. I'm saying, I'm saying like, they're only like a the game and a half is, out. The they're, only, they're only a game and a half out Yeah, of... but then they'd have to lose that play-in. I'm saying either one of them. If one of them drops down there, it, all, it opens the path for us to play both. Either way, Clippers are clearly the easier matchup without PG. Plus, we play really well against the Clippers. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, Suns, I guess the hypothetical... I'll give you the same hypothetical because we spent this much damn time on it. In a world in which you are guaranteed to play the Lakers and or the, the Clippers and the Suns. the Suns. I want the Suns first. That way, they have less time to gel. And you can go for it. Hopefully they don't figure... I mean, obviously they're... If the three games where Kevin Durant was healthy and was any sort of notion of we how want, good we want none of that. Be, <laughs> we want it, none it of that. It will be disgusting because Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are going to score 30. DeAndre Ayton's going to rebound like an animal. And they're going to get after it. So if that can improve with chemistry... Oh, that's even more frightening. So, you want them at their worst. So, I guess the two schools of thought are, hope one of them gets hurt in the, by the second round, which I'm never going to bank on someone getting hurt. So, you want or them root. first. That way, hopefully, their chemistry isn't the same. And then you take the Clippers, because even with Paul George, we play them really well, and I trust our matchup there. But without Paul George, they're clearly not as good as the Suns. Yeah. Yep. I'd agree. Um, yeah, I'd say give me the Suns first if that was ever a scenario. I, I generally would prefer the harder team first. Like yeah. in a scenario like that where I'd prefer the harder team earlier on than later on, I'd rather face them with all we got rather than be beat up because I know it's the same, it goes the same way. But, but you're like, saying full strength, full strength. I'll take our full strength over yours. Exactly. Beat up, who knows? Exactly. I like our odds a lot better with full strength Nuggets versus full strength Suns than beat up of either because you have no idea who you're missing. I think I'm really excited for the postseason because I think we're going to get some really good matchups. For the Nuggets specifically, I have no idea what to expect. There's some really talented teams in the West. The Warriors sucking on the road is really throwing me off because it's been a whole season. So you can't just be like, ah, whatever. It's just like a little flash in the pan. Like, this is an actual thing, but I'm still sitting here. They're really good. And if Andrew Wiggins comes back, they're really good. And that road thing, if they can square that or steal a game from you, like that gets really funky the suns at full strength look disgusting i'm not really worried about the kings or memphis i think we match up really well against both those teams and they're a little young they're less experienced than we are i trust us in those matchups 
then you look further down the wild card of the Lakers blows my mind I am frightened that they somehow sneak in and Anthony Davis plays out of this world LeBron plays out of this world and then they just go on a roll through the West I don't know I don't know. I don't know if those two with their nagging issues are going to be coming back. AD's back and playing well. I don't think he don't has he anything. Did, didn't he just leave a game? I'm pretty sure he just in like the last game or two got hurt again. Oh, he might have. AD. I'm, I'm pretty hurt. I'm pretty sure he just got hurt again. It, it, it was it wasn't major. It wasn't major if I read it, but it just it was a very quick reminder to me, I believe, that was, "Oh yeah, he's always hurt." My only fear is you catch them healthy and at their peak because that peak is scary. LeBron's foot, I honestly have no idea there, but he's back. And if he's back at LeBron, like, that's nuts. They added three-point shooting. They're better defensively. AD will get you a bunch offensively and play some great defense. That team can be scary. And I don't I don't really want them in our first round, to be honest. Well, Anthony Davis is is slated to play tonight against Chicago, so yeah. I don't want to see them first round if we have to beat them great. I believe we can beat anybody and everybody. But the Lakers ceiling kind of spooks me. I'm not too worried about it um, simply because I don't think they've had enough floor time together to just like this season with the team they currently have to just walk in there and be more than just a two-man game and I don't like the odds of the two of them walking all the way through the West with just the two of them. Oh, they wouldn't walk. They'd, they'd, they'd make things competitive and spooky against anybody. Well, I don't think they'd roll or walk or whatever word you use through the West. I don't think that is something what that they are. I don't even remember what I think you said, like, you're worried about them hitting their oh, peak thing and then, and then roll. You yeah. said rolling or walking through. One of the two, it was you, – you implied that they would just dominate Do the West. I don't mean it easily. I yeah. just mean find their way uh, into the finals. And I don't think – I don't think they can do that. I mean, I could see them if they were playing – if they came out and were playing really well, I could see them getting through the play-in tournament, getting into the legitimate playoffs, maybe even getting through the first round. It's a play-in But, dude, you're playoffs. just – yes, because it's postseason. The regular season is over. It's the same thing as do you, do you consider – do you cons- – ah, it's tough because it's not the same. I mean, I guess it's kind of the same. Would you? No, because that's only in a tie. I was going to say, would you consider like a game 163 playoffs? No, because that's uh, yeah. It's but then again, it, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. It's called game 163 because it's still technically the regular season. Yeah, it's to determine who gets to go to Is the Is there any one-off playoff games in baseball? There's the little wild card thing. But that's a three game, isn't it? No. Well. If it's not a series... Is there any playoff format in baseball that is a one-off? They, when they added that second wild card, they made it to where you have to, the winner of a one-off goes in. 
So do you consider that playoffs? Not really, because you're not really in the playoffs. You lose the game and you're out. So then, no, this is then. In by, my, by then, my then, standards, I was gonna say by your standards for no. you, you personally should not consider and the NBA playing tournament in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I you can don't. consider it postseason. I don't consider it playoffs. You I can consider it postseason because it is. That's unarguably postseason. But yeah. whether postseason and playoff is the same word is it mutually exclusive? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I think. I think. I don't think that it used. I used to think they were interchangeable, but because of COVID and the the play-in tournament, the the one-off little wild card well, thing in baseball. The fact that you call it a play-in tournament makes it not. No, that's not part true. Of the playoffs. That's not true. In my mind, they consider the first four games part of March Madness. Yeah, but you don't have to turn your bracket. But in they call until... that they call that the first four. You don't have to. That's the first four of the tournament. You don't have to turn your bracket in until that Thursday. The... So the meat of it doesn't actually. But what do the what does the NBA call the play-in tournament? Isn't it called the play-in tournament? What is the NBA? Not people. Not official know, talking heads. What That's official. what I'm saying. I, I don't I, think it has I'm, a name. I'm, I'm asking you. That's what I'm saying. Like, not what people refer to it as. Not what ESPN refers to. What does the NBA technically call it? What does the <laughs> NBA Googling. Call what a what wonderful tool we have here. While you're looking at that, I'm just gonna go ahead and say. They call it the playing tournament. But they do? Then no, it in shouldn't July be. Then no, they the they NBA don't even. Board of Governors approved the adoption of NBA play-in tournament. If it is officially called the NBA play-in tournament. NBA.com. Yep. Then that is by the word of by from the horse's mouth. It is not. No, no. No, it's not. It is. It is post. It is absolutely postseason because the season's over. It is not part of the playoffs. But that's different because where you say, like, March Madness... Oh, oh, people also asked, is the NBA play-in tournament considered playoffs? Official consideration separate. Ooh. Officially considered separate from the NBA playoffs, the NBA play-in Ah. Tournament. Well, because that's we what I was going to say. There Based on the way that branding goes nowadays, it act, that's why I asked about what the NBA says. Because, like, the Stanley Cup playoffs is its almost separate entity from NHL regular season the same way the NBA playoffs like that is its almost own entity separate like I'll you have take to look like at you like, take like you take the whole NBA under your, the umbrella and you have two little circles you have well now you have three little circles you have NBA regular season as its own independent entity under the um, NBA umbrella and then you have the play-in tournament as its own separate entity under the NBA umbrella. And then you have the NBA playoffs as its own separate I'm thing. I'm going to have to look at how they advertise it on, like, TNT when they're doing the games. If they put – because they normally put playoffs in the background. Yeah, I yeah, but and that's and that's what I'm saying. Like, the way they, like, have a special logo that they'll put on the floor. Or, like, in hockey, they put the, the NHL playoff logo. Like, it's a separate logo from the – actual shield of the nba like yeah. the nba playoff logo has the championship trophy on it yeah i'll have to like, look yeah so so i i think that yeah there's your answer it's not it's not part of the postseason or it isn't yeah it's it, not part it, of the playoffs playoffs it is part of the postseason though i think it's stupid um i don't i mean i think the concept is stupid but i think it's absolutely genius 
Yeah, it's free money. Exactly, and it's and honestly, even Business from standpoint, even even sense, even competitively, even competitively, and honestly, the only people it shouldn't make sense for are the players. But we've already established the league isn't for the players; it's for the fans. And dumb. and from everyone else that doesn't that isn't the players, from a fan's point of view, honestly. It's lit because it it's it's like, it, it is like it's it's like it's steal some March it's, it's highest it it's it's right. highest stake as you can get. It's winner go home. You don't get more intense than that, and it just gives you a little bit of extra umph but to teams. Is, that, so far, this is the only time I think it matters because well, up also, until hey, the Lakers, I and, didn't think a play-in team had a chance to win, but now the Lakers might be in the play-in and still genuinely might have a chance to make a run. So. So, so here's it actually matters. Yeah, and here's but here's the thing, like oh man. When when you add all of these extra teams cuz like it's the same amount of it ends up being the same amount of seeds, right? Okay, well, In the actual yeah. playoffs, right? Yeah, and then the two, But what this does, not only does it give you those extra eyeballs and those extra millions of views for those extra games, it keeps a lot more teams interested yeah, for longer. Yeah. And that is something that with football, no, adding football add, adding the extra wild card, I was like, I get where you're going. I get, I get, I get, I get why you're doing it, but I don't think it's necessary because just about any football fan is going to watch, is going to watch football all the way down the stretch, even if their team is eliminated early on. Yeah. That is not the case with because that's because there's only 16 games a year, 17 games a year. But in a sport where there's 162 or 82 or yeah, 82, like in basketball or hockey, you have to give fan bases and markets reason to watch later in the season. And again, from the player's perspective, it's just another hoop to jump through to get where you're going through, another delay on the result of your season. Hey, are we playing for this or not? It also, in theory, but from the eliminates fans, a little bit of tanking. But exactly, and but that's obviously not that is that was a that was a happy side effect that was a side effect that was not one of the reasons they implemented it you know that was a, oh yeah also this will be a thing that is a byproduct of this they were really pushing it for views engagement numbers making them last later into the season and to give them the little hike up right before because not because yeah. essentially what the play in tournament has become is like like a pregame like a like a pregame for a party, like you're about to go out to the bars and you get your buddies together, play some tunes, take some shots. That's what this feels like for the NBA playoffs now. Get and the for the going. fans, for the fans, it's great because it gets us all hype and ready. But for the players, I guess for some players it's nice because you can be a middling team and be like, hey, we could get we could get ourselves a series here if we play or a couple. You could go if from we the seven seed out of the postseason. Exactly. Exactly. But again, that's more parity. Yeah. More parity. And I don't think players like parity, but fans do. Oh, if you like parity, go and like in, a weirdo. And, and honestly, in a league with no salary cap, smart. No salary cap in the NBA. Oh. No. <laughs> there's a cap no. and then luxury. No, there's not so a cap. Technically, there's not a cap. Technically. A cap means you can't go through it. It's te- like. Technically. It's a barrier. There's sort of a cap there's a cap barrier 
you can go you can go through it, but once you go through it, there's there's a little something extra. It's a little Same as little a speed limit. Exactly. Yeah, you can go over it, but but it's not a, it's not a speed cap. Yeah. A speed cap is where the car doesn't physically let you go any further or faster, which is a real thing. Yeah, which means you're not trying to push the limits. Yeah. So yeah, especially baseball and I think baseball and basketball, it's really smart. Um, notice that NHL didn't do that. Because you don't need to. Your playoffs are dope anyway. And they know it. And they, so is, they know it. So is football. They know, and that's but football did it. That's and the they, difference. They did it for. Initially, was COVID, but everyone knows they just want more games for more money. They've the NFL has been wanting more games forever, and the player union has fought against it, and the PA has fought against it, and then covid came and they were fine with it for covid and then all of the owners and everything were like see we did it see we did it and then all of the people that ended up making the votes outside of the pa and just enough of the pa to get it passed yeah i don't i don't like it though well i like it but i don't like free basketball is free basketball as as a sports fan as a sports fan i love it but under, but also on being the, under the com- being bit, being like the level that we are into sports, where it's we both played and we are very passionate about them, and the integrity of the game is almost just as important to us as the actual product that we're watching. And part of adding these extra little filler spots in this filler tournament feels like it compromises a bit of the integrity of the game. Yeah, but. I think they walked a pretty damn good line of compromising the integrity versus adding spice and flair. They did all right. You know, I don't feel, yes, I feel like it sucks for the teams that were in that seven and eight spot that now have to play for that seven and eight spot that didn't before. I just proved it. I just proved it for an 82 game season. But then again, you look at a season like this year. I think this year in the Western Conference is a beautiful example of why it's a decent, it's a half decent idea. Dude, teams four through seven are a point and a half apart and you go all the way down to the bottom of the you go you go Dallas missed Dallas went from six seed to five completely out five to out they were at five when they got Kyrie ah there you go to out that quickly and and again and it's so close but again I think this is the first year that we've seen it so close that because normally it's like once you hit the nine and ten like normally it's the nine maybe the ten seed that we're close that we're close but usually there's a pretty clear drop off around that area but i I guess it's nice that those occasional nine and ten seeds in the years because theoretically right if it's a year where there's a big drop off playing tournament shouldn't be a big deal but then again you run into the problem it's a one-off so it is a big deal and anybody can beat anybody in professional sports. Yeah, you're just playing to but see then, who's going to get swept. But now this year, the Lakers might be able to get it and go on a run, which is... Exactly. So this is, the I think, the first time we're seeing this actually potentially show it gives the proper opportunity. Because yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer that the way sports playoff goes, it doesn't matter what seed you get in with. If you win it all, you deserve it. Like, if the yes. Lakers did get in as the very last seed in the playoff and they went through and won all of it, I would not sit there and say they didn't deserve to even be in the playoffs. Well, I'm like, well, clearly they did if they beat everybody. Yeah, and the fact that it's seven-game series is, is different. Exactly. One-off games Exactly. Like can, Which is why I think it's... Whatever, but yeah. in a seven-game series, generally the better team wins. Then it just so happened to work out nicely for the NFL because they had a pre-built-in 
bye week for two teams and all they had to do they didn't even have to change they didn't even have to change their schedule for playoffs they just had to take away one of the first round buys yeah which is unfortunate for the two seeds but kind of but honestly like eh, that's a really big advantage and it makes the number one seed more important because how many times would you see ah whatever who cares we we got the buy we're good yeah it does add that which is nice well, that was kind of all over the place, but not a problem. Uh, genuine conversation seems to be the best content anyway. So uh, is there anything else you want to say about the Nuggets before we close it out here and kind of rein it in? MPJ's a stud. MPJ's a stud. I'm glad that we've talked about him a decent amount this season um, because he deserves it. Um, He's playing I think- great. He's made so many sacrifices for this team. Jamal's also hitting some consistency that I like. The, and the one thing we need to thrive. Those two playing well. Michael Porter Jr. is a bomb waiting to be lit. And if we can let that kid thrive, boy, this the ceiling of this team just goes through the roof. I think Joker alone makes this team a playoff team every year. Yep. I think Joker and Jamal makes this team a contender. I think Joker, Jamal, and MPJ make this team a favorite. I you think let him thrive. He go. He can I think, carry you to heights the other two. Yeah. All three of these guys, if they're rolling, I think you'd be dumb to pick against us. However, I think Jamal is the most important piece to this team. Uh, obviously, we that's assuming Joker is going to do Joker things. I think Jamal playing well is the next best thing. I think he can carry a lot more of the load if the rest of the team is having an off night than Michael can. Never seen it. Um. Yeah, we have. We saw it in the bubble. No, I'm talking about Mike. Mike has always had a ceiling over his head. There has been, not due to his talent level. You ever hear that story of, like, that cricket in a jar? Or, and they, like, jump. And the cricket keeps hitting its head. So eventually it figures out the limit is right below it. So then when it has babies, they jump just to that limit. And then you take them out of the jar, they're still jumping to the limit, even though they can go so much farther. I feel like this team's done that to Michael Porter Jr. I haven't heard that analogy, but that's an excellent one. That is really good. Oh, I didn't come up with it. No, I, uh, no, I know, I but I'm saying I'm saying I haven't heard of it, but this that's a great application of it. This yeah. is a, That's a perfect scenario to put it in. Um, yeah, absolutely, we haven't seen that, but that doesn't change the fact that I think Jamal has the ability to carry this team to a championship with just him and Joker. Yeah. And I don't know about that with MPJ, but I know that with Jamal. That's the difference. I know that if Jamal is putting up 25 plus points a game, eight assists a game, which I know we all know he's capable of doing, mm-hmm. like this team's going to the finals. And if you're in the finals, you have a chance. However, if you add the MPJ of this year, the MPJ that's been averaging damn near 20 points a game down the stretch, who's knocking down four to five threes a game down the stretch. Then Michael Porter Jr. Michael Michael Porter Jr. who has been playing Faku Campazo level energy defense, like whether it's successful or not, putting in the effort. Because that's all defenses in in the NBA. It's It's just a little bit of skill, but the baseline effort has to be there. Otherwise you're not gonna be exactly, exactly. And you know, we're getting that effort. We're getting that effort from MPJ. We're getting that um we're getting the scoring. We're getting 
it seems like he just he needed to find his place on this team he's finding his place on this team um and yeah absolutely i think uh my statement on jamal i i stand firmly by that i think jamal is more important to this team than michael porter jr but i think that's just the nature of circumstance like it's not really michael's fault that he can only jump as high as the lid you know yeah thanks michael malone um, but at the same time, I fully believe that he's capable of jumping higher than that, and he will jump higher than that. But as we're currently sitting right now, I, I don't think just Joker and MPJ would take this team to the finals. Yeah, who knows? I know. Nobody Hopefully knows. Hopefully we don't but, have to find out, because I but, think but would get hurt. Ultimately, ultimately the, the main part of that is, with all three of these guys rolling, you just get out of our way. That's all you need to know. Get out of the way if all three of these guys are doing what they've been doing the last month. Or the last week. I don't want to say month. But yeah, it hasn't been a month. The last two weeks, the last five games, and the stretch of the season leading into the slump when we were on a roll right before we beat Memphis. Alrighty, well that's going to do it for our Nuggets and NBA talk for the week. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end here. We'll be sure to keep you up to date on all of our Nuggets news for the playoffs, so make sure you're keeping it here. Hello, Mile High Hot Takes fans. This is your producer, Alex, and I wanted to tell you about another show that I produce called Deep Dive. It's a music plus talk show that guides you through some of the greatest albums of all time, and it's exclusively on Spotify. You'll be able to listen to an iconic album along with the story of the album in between the songs. Search for Deep Dive Albums or click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mile High Hot Takes. For more content, check us out on Twitter at 5280hottakes. If you got feedback for us, send us an email at 5280hottakes at gmail.com. Mile High Hot Takes is produced by Enchilarco Productions. Oh, thank you.